This is Bigger Pockets Daily, where we read you the best real estate investing advice Monday through Sunday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Tyler. And if you like this article, you'll find thousands of others like it at biggerpockets.com blog. But you can't, or at least you shouldn't, be looking at a screen when you're mowing the lawn or driving for deals. So enjoy this show and check out the rest of our podcasts. Just search Bigger Pockets on your favorite podcast app. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Are you charging below market rent? Here's how to get out of it by Andrew Sirios. Having an occupied property rented substantially below market price is a problem that's afflicted many real estate investors. Every month a property is rented below market rate is lost money, or at least the opportunity cost of lost money. Yet, jacking the rent up will likely lead to a vacancy and even more lost rent, at least in the short term. You will also likely have an angry tenant on your hands and definitely might carry the bad karma of pushing someone to move out of the home they've lived in potentially for a long time. So what should you do? Should you leave the rent in place? Not renew the tenant's lease? Bring the rent immediately to market price somewhere in between? Unfortunately, There is no perfect solution because much of it depends on your situation and what you're looking to accomplish. But fortunately, there are some guidelines to help. How below market rent typically occurs. So today's podcast will not go into how to find and set the market rent price for a property. For that, you can actually see other resources at biggerpockets.com. Instead, we will focus today on what to do when a tenant is paying well below market rent. First, however, there are typically three reasons why you will find yourself in this situation to begin with. Now, knowing these, 
can help you prevent yourself from getting into this position in the first place in the future. Number one, inherited residence. Sometimes we buy properties that already have a tenant in them. This is virtually always the case with multifamily properties. Fortunately, tenants often know that when a property changes hands, the rent will likely go up, especially if the new owner makes capital improvements. This is why many are nervous when hearing a property is up for sale. But it also means most won't be surprised when they see their rent increased. Number two, not raising rents annually. I would argue that you should always raise the rent upon renewal, even if it's just five bucks a month. You don't want your tenants to be surprised by a rent increase. Many smaller landlords find themselves with severely below market rented properties because they refuse to raise the rent or don't come close to keeping up with the market. They do this often because they're afraid of a vacancy, but it ends up costing a lot more to have a severely under-rented property. So, make sure to raise rents every year. Number three, long-term, month-to-month tenants. Normally, landlords don't allow month-to-month leases up front. In my company, if we switch to a month-to-month at the end of a lease term, we charge $100 to $150 extra per month. Still, Sometimes you find yourself with a long-term tenant on a month-to-month lease, and since there is no renewal date, there's no reminder for you to increase the rent. (laughs) This has even happened to us with month-to-month tenants who have lived in the same property for three or four years, and all of a sudden, their previously above-market rent is now below market. Again, you can't be afraid to lose someone by raising the rent. So, Make sure to put your month-to-month tenants on an annual rent increase schedule, just like with annual leases. Setting up a reminder in any property management software shouldn't be too hard. Why this is so important. In the current economy, I would contend a fourth reason has entered the fray. It's very hard to keep up with this scorching hot market. It used to just be when we inherited a resident who lived in a property before we purchased it or an old month-to-month lease that fell between the cracks. But now, it feels like just about everything we lease is below market rent. And I can say confidently that it isn't just us who feel this way. Nationwide, rents haven't shot up as much as real estate prices, but they still have gone through the roof. A recent Realtor.com report found the median asking rent for properties on the market has gone up 16.7% year-over-year, substantially more than wage growth and even more than inflation in a very high inflation year. This, of course, varies by the city and state, with some seeing even higher rates of rent growth. A recent Rent.com report finds even faster rent growth, with some metro areas having truly obscene year-over-year rent increases. From their analysis, Newport, Virginia, and Greensboro, North Carolina, had increases of 74.2% and 60.7%. Insanity. Yet, these rather shocking statistics are a bit misleading. The issue is that they are only comparing new rental listings from those from last year. As NPR notes, government consumer price data showed that the average rent Americans actually pay, not just the change in price for new listings, rose eh, 4.8% over the past year, which is a higher than usual rate of increase. So, If rents went up almost 17% last year, but the average tenant only paid just shy of 5% more for rent, then 
They would infer there are a lot of occupied properties with tenants paying below market rent these days. Below market rented properties are an endemic problem for landlords right now. Understanding tenant psychology. Tenants are not surprised to see rent increases. Unfortunately, they are surprised and quite upset to see really large ones. Indeed, we're starting to see more and more pieces in the media about the outrage of large rent hikes. We've even heard prospects tell us they didn't renew their lease simply because the increase was too high despite the fact it was actually less than we were charging. Investor G. Brian Davis makes a similar point based on his experience. So a good rule of thumb, don't raise the rent by more than 5% per year. Any more in the sharp rent increase often jolts the tenant into moving, even if you're raising the rent no higher than nearby market rates. Of course, this is assuming the property was rented at market rates beforehand. Still, Brian's thoughts fit with a survey of 1,166 renters Buildium did a few years back. As they found, most tenants will only tolerate a rent increase of 1-5% to every 1-3 to years, while nearly one-third feel a rent increase is never reasonable. Even back then, a raise of 1-5% to every 1-3 to years wouldn't come close to keeping up with inflation. The average tenant, like everyone else, isn't always the most realistic. But still, it's important to understand that people don't like big changes, especially negative ones. And in negotiations, if someone feels insulted, they will often refuse to do a deal, even if it makes sense. While I don't recommend negotiating lease terms with your tenants, even a simple take-it-or-leave-it request is a negotiation. And increasing the rent to market price in this rental market can come off as insulting. So here's how to decide. Some ethical considerations. What should you do? First and foremost, some people feel guilty about raising the rent to market rates, especially if it's a long-term tenant who is paying substantially under market. And even more so if raising the rent to market will likely require them to move. The most important thing to internalize here is that there is nothing immoral about charging the market rate. It may be jarring to some tenants, and they may even get mad at you. But you could simply turn it around and note that they have been living in that home at a discount for some time. Of course, the discounted rate was what had been agreed to, so they were not doing anything immoral either. Thereby, I would lean toward seeing this as simply a business decision. That being said, if you are in a good and comfortable spot and can afford to charge your tenant less than market and feel that would benefit them more than the extra money would benefit you, then go ahead and charge less. Just see it as an act of charity and not a business decision. But also, understand it is an act of charity you won't get any credit for. Here are some financial considerations. So according to realpage.com, on average, 57% of tenants renew their lease each year, up substantially from 2010. That means, in normal times, you have a greater than one-third chance of having a vacancy each year. Now, I think you can do better than that by offering a good property with quality maintenance. Indeed, our average stay is about four years, and Jeffrey Taylor, Mr. Landlord, has boasted of getting to six years with his unique property management ideas. But there are good ways and bad ways of getting low vacancy, and keeping your rents really low is a bad way. For example, let's say Bob and Fred both lease identical properties at 1000 bucks a month. 
Bob increases his rent by only 1% each year, while Fred increases it by 5%. Bob has no vacancies, best case scenario, whereas Fred has a move out every third year and the vacancy lasts two months and he incurs $1,000 in turnover expenses above what the deposit covers. We won't count maintenance or CapEx as we'll assume they are the same. So we break down Bob and Fred's 10-year look with Bob having no annual expenses or turnover and Fred increasing his rent by 5% versus Bob only 1%. Fred makes over 10 years $140,222. Bob makes $125,547. Despite the extra vacancy, Fred still does better by over 10% and brings home about $15,000 more. So, in general, with all things being equal, it makes sense to increase the rent to market. This is especially true with apartments as the value of an apartment is directly related to its income unlike with a house or even a duplex. This is because the value of an apartment is based on its cap rate, which is determined by taking the net operating income and dividing it by the purchase price. A lower rent means a lower net operating income, which means a lower price. However, there are times when it's not wise to push rents to market. Everything depends on your situation, as we talked about earlier. And a quick example of that would be if you have a glut of rehabs or turnovers right now, you're going to be more conservative with rent increases. This issue has haunted us a lot as we are consistently and constantly growing. In such times, we know extra turnovers will cause additional holding costs as we don't have the resources to start more new projects. So, if we get excess turnovers, we may have to leave properties empty for a month or more before work can start on them. By looking at our business holistically, we can see that while it may make sense to increase the rent to market for that property by itself, it doesn't really make sense for our business. So another possibility would be if the property is not in particularly good condition. Perhaps it's being rented below market because, in part, it's not in marketable condition. In this case, the two options you have are 1. Increase the rent to market for its condition. For example, from $500 to $750 a month instead of a market rate of $1,000. And two, give the tenant notice to vacate. This is tough, but often the best choice. If you want to be kind, you can offer to pay for some of their moving expenses, or you may have to, which we'll talk about in a bit. Lastly, you may decide to move the tenant to market incrementally over several years. So, for example, if you're at like 600 bucks and market price is 1000 go up to 750 next year, then 900 the year after that, and then to market. This is tempting and can make sense sometimes, but I would recommend against doing it simply because it feels better than increasing the rent straight to market. If you do it incrementally, it should be because it's the most economically rational thing to do. In general, however, the rule of thumb is that you should lean on the side of raising the rent to its market level as quickly as possible. However, this particular rental market may be an exception. (laughs) Rents are going up at an unsustainable rate. You can get a sustainable rent increase and likely do so without a vacancy, even without going all the way to market levels. In this weird market, completely abnormal, it probably makes sense to have your rent increases be a bit under market maybe 10% instead of the national average of 16, for example. 
Rent increases will inevitably slow, and you should be able to catch up soon. In this way, it's less likely to offend your tenant and have an unnecessary vacancy. Here are some legal considerations. It's important to understand that some cities and states restrict how much a landlord can charge in rent or increase the rent per year. Like New York City, some apartments have rent control. And in Oregon, they passed a law restricting rent increases to 7% plus inflation annually. In addition, if landlords give a no-fault eviction notice, it must be served 90 days in advance and the landlord must pay a relocation assistance fee, which is one month's rent. So, make sure to check your local and state laws and act accordingly. Now, let's talk about how to actually raise the rent real quick and then we'll wrap things up. One of the most important things to understand in business is that people get more upset about their expectations not being met than bad things happening. This is why it's so important to set expectations right from the get-go. You should tell people during their lease signing that rent will likely go up each year. It's not a bad idea to say a similar thing to the residents after you buy a property with inherited tenants, too. When you do send a rental notice, usually 60 days before their lease ends, I would do so in writing and not over the phone. It's probably wise to both mail and email the notice, and the notice should be respectful, of course, and professional, and include a brief explanation if it's more than a 1-3% to increase. For example, inflation has increased substantially, or the property has not seen a rental increase in four years. Say property, not their names. Otherwise, it sounds like you're accusing them of mooching or something like that. This will allow them a chance to cool off if they get mad about it and also not commit themselves to moving if their first response is anger. It's also important to have everything in writing. If they do call angry, stay calm. People will mirror the tone of voice of the person they're talking to and explain the reasons for the increase. Like with the letter, I would try to keep the explanation short and to the point. You can actually find an example letter at biggerpockets.com right inside this article. And let's wrap things up for today. Generally, it's important to keep up with rent increases to avoid finding yourself in this situation. But particularly in this market, you will find yourself with a below-market-rented property from time to time. The key is treating the tenant fairly by approaching this as a business decision. Because in the end, that's what this is. Business. I hope you enjoyed today's article. Remember, you can find thousands more like it at biggerpockets.com slash blog. And you can unlock new tools by creating a free account at biggerpockets.com. And for another fresh perspective on real estate investing, join me right here tomorrow.